best thing I would suggest is, you know, give out to the top thousand reviewers. That's what I've always said initially as well. Uh, you know, these like top thousand reviewers that Amazon authorizes them, you know, them to leave their product, uh, contact details. Give out five, 10, 15 units, you know, get their reviews in and then start your PPC and slow, you know, grow slowly. Uh, I know it's quite exciting to, you know, start making 50 sales a day. But then if you have waited for so many years to start your business, why not just wait for another month or two and grow organically initially? Then if you wanted to do, I'll you know, give these reviews and everything, that's completely up to you. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunle Campbell. As an online retailer or supplier, you're well aware that accurate product content drives more sales. However, as your store starts to scale, the harsh reality is that maintaining product description content becomes more and more of a challenge to e-commerce teams. This is a problem Salsify solves. Salsify is a SaaS-based product content management platform built specifically for online retailers and brand owners. I recently took Salsify on a test drive, and here are the glaring advantages e-tailer stands again. First, your entire product catalog can be accessed by any department in a centralized hub. Then there's a workflow setup that ensures no fields go amiss when product data is published to multiple channels such as Amazon, your Google Merchants account, or just directly to your e-commerce store. Salsify tells you when it spots missing critical data across your product catalog. It's a flexible and robust product management platform. I recommend if your store and brand products catalog changes often and if you publish to numerous channels. As a 2x e-commerce listener, you can get to trial Salsify for free at salsify.com forward slash 2x. That is S-A-L-S-I-F-Y dot com forward slash 2x. I'll leave more details and a link on this episode's show notes. So welcome to part two of my interview with Saj from Anybody Can Do It. Again, Saj was just awesome in, in this interview and he touched base a lot on, on tactics for Amazon selling or um, and Amazon sellers in, in general, especially in the UK. He, he's, he, he just gives everything from tools to tactics you name it. So do stay tuned to, to this one. If you enjoyed the first one, this one is actually even better. Um, yeah, just stay tuned and enjoy the show. What about, um, I, I know you're not that much of a tools person, but do you, have you heard of um, platforms such as originalleads.co.uk and Profit Sorcery? I've come across them on a number of forums. Are they any good from, from experience if, if you have tried them? Uh, unfortunately, with, with these kind of stuff, I'm more sort of like an oldie person. <laughs> uh, I don't resist change because that would have been the worst thing. Uh, unfortunately, as I said, you know, I have enough products that I can source myself that I know. Uh, I haven't heard about original leads, so that's something which I would probably share with my students as well. Hopefully, it helps them. Uh, Profit Source Free, I know they gave, you know they started something, I think, just before Q4. 
they had some i think free trial where some some couple of people who approached me they said they liked it some didn't like it but i guess it was in, in it's in, kind of in, in its infancy in, in fact you know when i started this podcast that that time i had a similar thing in my mind maybe i could start an app where you know very limited amount of registrants basically would get alerts from me about leads and stuff but then again i thought you know they could probably do that themselves it's not really and then if you know 10 people kind of go for the same kind of product which they're going to go anyways then someone with big pockets is going to obviously store more and then the others are never going to benefit so i dropped that idea but i guess it's a good good service it is going to evolve it's going to take time if they have started uh but obviously nothing is going to be perfect so i'm hoping that you know they have a service which at least some startups can use uh but personally i'm more sort of a manual guy so i've never i've never used anything yeah. like I fully I'm fully on the same page with you with regards to just understanding the market, you know, and you know, so so your everything, the calculations are in your head and once you see a product, you, you know if you know if it's it's gonna sell or not. Okay, let's let's move on to, to, to your private label strategy. You've done quite well with, with private label over the last two years and you know, the sky's the limit. You have not even started to, to sell in the European marketplace or the US, so you know, it's 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 looking like it would two, three, maybe even four, five X. Now with regards to your PL, um, you, you sell two products uh, at the moment. Do you have any sort of um, str- any advice um, or um, any frameworks for, for 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 our listeners looking to um, successfully get into private labeling? And I'm talking right from you know product research to sourcing suppliers through to validating. Without us going into too much detail, but the the core things they should bear in mind up to actually promoting their their store their their, their products in, in the UK. Just top level stuff, um, but you know the most important stuff they should bear in mind. Right. Yeah, I mean, I always, you know, even with when I started this podcast as well, I always said there's two ways you can get into any kind of business, not only like this online business, even if it's a brick and mortar or especially I would say, especially in the online ones, there's two things. When you go into any business, you can have two mindset. One is like you want to go in and sell anything and everything uh, and just make money out of it. If you I was listening to one of the uh, interview that the the range store owner like they buy they're more like pound line kind of items isn't it they sell expensive stuff but they sell anything and everything the guy can actually get his hands on uh uh, there's a youtube video about that that peter jones had interviewed him and a couple of other uh sellers big retailers like that what's the name of the store sorry uh the range okay the range yeah yeah yeah, i i didn't i didn't know about that store until i went to one of the retail outlets and i saw their store uh they're more like wh smith so they sell a lot of different items uh, mm-hmm. But they, they buy like these private label kind of, you know, items from China mainly. So so there's two mindsets. You go in either like thinking, you know, I'm going to sell anything and everything just like Will says, you know, try out. And then, you know, if it works, it works. That's like Will said on one of uh, on your interview with your episode as well, the interview that he did with you. Yeah. Uh, but I went in with the episode because that's my mindset that, you know, I want to create a brand. And how successfully I can do that, I don't know, because not everyone succeeds in creating a global brand. But that was my mindset that I would go in to create a brand. Uh, and when you create a brand, initially your earnings and your, uh, you know, like the success might look a bit small. But if that converts into a global brand or a successful brand, then you get tenfold the earning that you would have made instead of the short term gains. Mm-hmm. So my my strategy is always going with a brand in mind. And when you go and think about creating a brand in your mind, then you you should probably go for something which you are either passionate about or you have at least worked in that field so you have much knowledge about because if you don't have either of those, 
then sooner or later you'll get a little bit more tired with it and you you lose that uh, kind of momentum that's needed that's where you know most of the people fail even if like a lot of people are listening to your podcast and resources they get excited they start researching but then then you know that voice should i get out outside my comfort zone that usually happens only in one of these two cases and it happens more successfully when you want to create a brand and if you go out and do that that thing then initially you know i would say there was nothing so you had to research on your own so it would have to be based on your experience and your knowledge now you have things like jungle scout and a lot of other resources you can rely on so even if you don't have knowledge about it you could be just searching certain niches and certain products and you can still go out and do it i personally still think that it, you could you should use these kind of tools but again you know if you are kind of if you have you and you know if you have entrepreneurship inside you you will find ways to differentiate your product or make it a little bit special somehow if not mm-hmm. if then you're just following the crowd and sooner or later you'll find yourself complaining on some of the facebook forums saying you know 10 people are you know <laughs> selling my same products and, and it's going to happen even with my product it's still happening with my product i'm not saying it's not going to happen if you haven't done that but then if you're really passionate about it then you would you know you would find ways out of it and you would have to keep uh, you know waiting you know gone are those days i remember even like my dad was into like businesses and at that time my dad used to uh manufacture uh, you know ballpoint pens if you remember the olden uh, pens were like those they had those click buttons on the top so you would do that tick tack tick tack that's how the pens used to work and then you had the ink pens at that time i remember because a couple of my uncles they migrated to united states and when they came back after a few years they told my dad why don't you come and join us on in our businesses and my dad said you know i mean this business is the most comfortable business i mean who will stop buying a pen so my business is never going to stop and few years later obviously my you know my mom fell ill because of cancer and all those things happened so things went bad because of that but then suddenly you know the chinese automation came and these uh, pens which were you know like transparent ballpoint pens they came into picture and then they suddenly completely wipe out the business industry in within 6 months time and that's when mm-hmm. my mother was ill as well and that was that was a good lesson that i actually saw uh, you know in my dad's like that he thought that who's going to stop using pens i mean how can my business stop but things change because he couldn't change unfortunately because of our situations which we had in our home but i guess mm-hmm. even if he didn't have that situation i would doubt that he would have changed because let's say like a traditional uh, businessman or even like a normal human being we don't like to go outside our comfort zone once we have something going on including me like you know my my product one when it was doing really good um i thought you know that's it i mean you know this my added advantage but what happened is after 6 7 months when other people started copying my my x factor kind of stuff obviously it you know it did affect a little bit uh on the sales you've got some really good points you know um there and um one 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 i've picked up is um which which is going to be a question is do, do, do you think private label businesses need um to infuse a bit of agility and um if 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 yes um how often should they sort of try and you know in in the startup world there's there's something called um disrupting yourself you know so some you know companies like IBM will will hire you know people who'd say who'd look at their business and be like do you know what um we're doing this and this wrong um an app is just going to can do this better um so we're going to sort of develop this small team here to de- we're going to use this small team here to develop um an app that will pretty much do all what so these these legacy apps are doing or legacy um you know um software are doing so we disrupt ourselves 
Um, so you, 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 you are your competition. Um, so from that perspective, and that gives you agility to sort of, um, you know, compete against smaller players in, in the market, you know, or no, well, not necessarily smaller players, but new players with um, much more agility. So my, my question is, this is a very long-winded question, um, <laughs> is how do you, um, you know, do, do you think PL sellers um, should have agility in, in their in their business and, and how what what time lines do, do you think they should sort of reassess um, their the market and their themselves really and um, think about you know either extending their brand or um, you know um, improving their brand right I mean I'll put it across in, in in a different way I mean first of all you know as I said everyone who gets into a business has a certain motive so as I said if someone is going into like say for someone who's doing retail app, they don't really concern basically what they're selling. They're concerned about, you know, increasing their income, whether it's a part-time or whether it's a full-time, whatever. So it depends on how, you know, what, what was your intention, how, you know, why you came into this business. And I'll be very honest. I mean, I know some people say this is a lifestyle business. I don't completely agree with that. But say even if you have automated it completely by having employees, by having VAs and stuff like that, say, for example, if a lot of people, you know, sometimes say that, you know, they can work only two hours and then, you know, they can have this business. That's fine. If some some of them like to have it as a lifestyle business, there's nothing wrong with it. But I personally, if because I'm a little bit more workaholic as well, uh, I would think if I can get this, you know, my existing business can take only two hours. Why shouldn't I, I work another six to eight hours and get it, you know, 4x or 5x? Because that's how much... Uh, average person works anyways and in fact i should be working a little bit more because i'm not traveling to work i mean uh, the time that gets wasted in traveling uh to and for from work so you should be using that time to even work more so that again brings to you like how soon you should change i think it's because of the globalization and you know the the trends the market everything changing so quick and the worst part of online being is like if your product is not in front uh, then you know like on a front page or in a way like a shop, shop front then you know no one knows where your product is mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so you need to kind of keep evolving and changing and I mean that was a little bit of my mistake in product one as well now say for an example if people were buying say you know um, how should I say but say for an example people were buying like plastic bags a lot say they had to pay for plastic bags and suddenly because of the rules change and now you can't use plastic bag if I failed if, and if I was a plastic bag seller, you know, like, and if I failed to see that trend that people are now going to buy more sort of like, uh, you know, the recycled bags materials mm-hmm. so that they, you know, there's no wastage. If I failed to check that, then it's my fault. So I should be, and that, that's why if you go into a niche which you are either passionate about or if you have experience about, there are much chances that you would be familiar with the changes that surround that, uh, you know, marketplace. Now, let, let me give you an example. If you go today on like uh, any Facebook groups or uh, any newspapers website right, or any other websites, usually there's, there's going to be like lots of different ads, right? Like even if you go onto BBC website today, there's going to be different ads. So there's going to be a business session. Even in business, there's going to be a different session. There's going to be sports. There's going to be movies. Most of the time you will see, you'll go and not, not click each and everything that you see. You'll usually click more what interests you so if you are you know that had movie fans you usually like to read about actors and you know what's happening around if you're a sports person you'll usually first click on that maybe you click on something else as well but you usually click on something first which interests you the most similarly if you have gone into product niches which normally interest you some somehow some or the other way you'll find that you will start learning the trends and the the need to change it 
not only based on sales because sales you know someday could be 50 and then the next day it could be 10 for lots of reasons but you once you've gone into a business and a product which you love uh, or you know a little bit more about you'll find yourself in a comfortable spot where you would start predicting the changes now again business is a risk so you're not going to predict everything right but that that's how the business game is and i guess not everyone is entrepreneur like me when i was working in pc well it was outside london right mm-hmm. so I used to take a C2C train, which was once in a half an hour. And for some reason, I would always be late and I would 50% of the time miss the train. Mm-hmm. So the next train obviously would be, you know, after half an hour. So I never reached on time, but my managers never said anything because once I was there, I would work really hard. I mean, most of the times I wouldn't even take breaks, just like, you know, the managers, I would quickly go have a bite in five minutes and come back and not take my one hour break. So they never said anything to me, but it was not professional in a way, but then when they needed me, I would be putting 200% work mm. compared to other people. So they never said no. Now, when I stopped in between, then I rejoined Curry's, which is part of the same company, that manager knew me from the previous store. Now the new store was literally three or four minutes walk from my house. And the first thing he joked with me because he knew me very well from that store. He said, so I'm, uh, so now there's not going to be trains or anything because you're going to be walking to the store. So I'm hoping that at this store, you're going to be on time. And believe me or not, I think I've worked there for a year or something. I still didn't make it 70, 80% of the time. Not really that late, but maybe, you know, five minutes late, four minutes late, which is not professional. I, I'm guilty about that. But. That's the thing. I, I, I'm not probably born to work for someone else. You're unemployable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which because, is good. <laughs> yeah, which is good in a way because, you know, for me, I can, if you tell me that I need to work something on my product, I pretty much stay awake all night. And my students know. I mean, I asked, uh, I think, day before yesterday, one of my students, she wanted to have a chat with me on Skype. Uh, and she said just a few questions. And we actually kind of chatted for almost two and a half hours. And that was up to 3 a.m. So things that I like, you know, I'll probably wow. do, but it's like work was something, you know, you know, once I go there, I put it my hundred percent, but it was never that important for me to kind of reach. So I think anyone getting into this business, coming back, you know, where I was going, it's important. First of all, you identify whether you have that entrepreneurship because it's not wrong. Some people are made to work from nine to five, not because they don't have uh, capabilities, because that needs more I guess, uh, structured, you know, kind of discipline because you're, you're working for someone else. So you've got more responsibility, your actions kind of, you know, affect other people's business, but maybe sometimes you are better suited for that kind of business. But if you are suited for business, you'll know, because once you start, you, you won't resist change. You wouldn't basically get discouraged that something goes wrong or where competitors does, you know, kind of, uh, puts you down in some or the other way. I mean, just giving you an example on top of my head, you'll try and fight out those situations and, if you are an entrepreneur, then, you know, you'll enjoy that change and you start predicting these changes. And you like, for example, I'm already, uh, I already tested a product three. Actually, it's kind of a product six in a way because four, five, you know, three, four, five is already in the same niche. The sixth one is completely different, but that product needs to be so kind of sells more in summer. I already bought a white label kind of, you know, non-branded kind of uh, version of that to sell in Christmas just to test how it goes. Mm-hmm. No reviews on PPC, not probably making me much money. In fact, some days I might have spent more on PPC than I made, you know, on profit. But it was a test that it, if you can sell in December, it's definitely a winner product in summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm already now, if you look at it, I don't need a warehouse now because, you know, as soon as, you know, as I said, Q4 goes down, my retailer business, I try to minimize as much as possible. I mean, 2014, I didn't do at all. 
but 2015 I did a little bit. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to continue a little bit of retail up now, but I know I don't need a warehouse now until Q4. But I've already gone and seen one, and I'm already planning what's going to happen in the next six months or you know uh, end of the year. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, so that's well, that that that's a lot. That's a lot. So yeah, diversification, and <clears throat> I think the the sec the, the real core point is: do you have it? Um, and if you have it, the agility is not something <laughs> that you could just create. Um, you need to have it. You need, you need that. You need to have that entrepreneurial agility, you know, built into you. And there's nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong in not being an entrepreneur. You know, you could be a manager, a really effective manager, and you could run a pretty good, you could, you, you know, you could, you could, you run a really pretty good, you know, um, career. You could, you could manage a real, really, really good career over your, you know, your, your lifetime, but you really need to be entrepreneurial, really. If, yeah. If you're gonna yeah. And I think it's, it's just about identifying your own strengths. There's nothing so, wrong with you are an employee or whether you are uh, you know like a businessman is just what suits you more and what you enjoy doing basically that's what's more important uh, irrespective yes you know maybe one or one of them have more money potential and stuff like that but a- any wise businessman you know i mean look at the big businesses that later on they become like philanthropic and then they realize that money is not everything but sometimes you know businesses grow not just because of money sometimes it's the passion for the product yeah. or sometimes mm-hmm. it's the passion to get your name out there i mean in my case i'll be very honest money is the last thing uh it, again it's going to follow anyways if you're successful so it's not that i don't value money uh, because i've seen mm-hmm. obviously bad times as well it doesn't really uh, affect me at all now i mean like you know a lot of people said that this business was too risky even when i started doing amazon you know just started doing they said you're leaving your job and you're doing that i said the worst thing that can happen is like amazon shuts me down and i go back and work in pc well again the only thing i would have lost is like, you know, I would have wasted that three, four years. But in retail, they don't promote you for another 10 years anyways. Yeah, <laughs> so I said, yeah. the only thing I'm going to lose is a couple of thousand and I can go back and work in similar kind of job anytime I want. Even after 10 years, I wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, but I guess I, I can go ahead and do a lot more businesses, even if there was no Amazon. Uh, but just, just to give an example, like a lot of people were scared. I mean, I remember one of them used to work for, my mate used to work for Tesco. And I used to spot some deals and I used to tell him and he used to be like about one and a half hours away from me. But he used to, you know, come and stay with me when uh, three days we had to go college so he couldn't travel. So he used to come at, you know, those three days and stay with me and then go back another four days and work there three days where he used to stay. And I used to tell him, when you're there, why don't you just pick up retail up items? And he was a shelfer in Tesco, Mm -hmm. but he would never pick up a single item from there. And he, he himself admitted that when he's on a shift, he finds loads and loads of resellers coming and picking those items. But he wouldn't somehow. And at that point, I didn't understand because I said, why wouldn't he want to make some money? I mean, but that, that's what he liked. He, he wanted to spend nine to five or whatever his time was, you know, like Tesco shifts, night shifts as well sometimes. He would like shelving them and, you know, just enjoying his time like that. He wasn't probably an entrepreneur. And the mm-hmm. only way he liked to be in business was like an investment business. So if I told him that, you know, do you want to invest uh, in some like product or shares or something like that? He would be all years. Right. So mm-hmm. he was more sort of a passive business person. He didn't like active business stuff, you know, like buying stuff, selling stuff, marketing, you know. He, he probably liked, I would say in an easy word, monotonous jobs. And I was the opposite. I wouldn't like monotonous jobs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. And, you know, a world with, um, 
with with all entrepreneurs will not work. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, there has to be customers. I mean, we yeah, are customers yeah. in some some cases, isn't it? So exactly. So, good for. Okay, um, let's move on to your to to your promotional strategy or what's your advice. You you've um, mentioned earlier um, the fact that um, you you you're into you know you work on Amazon PPC. Um, what, what's your, your promotion strategy to you outside of Amazon? Some people would say, you know, I will, I would never promote outside of Amazon. I would only promote, you know, you know, I'll never promote inside of, outside of Amazon. I'll only promote within. What's, what's your perspective on driving traffic outside of Amazon? What's your perspective on Amazon PPC? And, um, is it a viable sort of, um, well, in today's Amazon, um, you know, um, strategy to is it viable tactic to apply to your strategy if um you're you're looking to you know to to, to grow um sales or your your, your seller rank on, on amazon yeah i mean personally yes and I've, I've been learning actually a lot of trends i'm not giving out the result uh hopefully you know once i do a couple of podcast episodes because i've been monitoring a lot of stuff because amazon changes the algorithm you know on the back end a lot of times and you don't know because they don't say anything publicly. But personally, yes, I would prioritize uh, Amazon PPC against anything else you can do. It's just something like, you know, how, what and how you should prioritize. Uh, like, just to give you an example, you know, I bought my first house. Before that, I didn't even have a car. And every time I went to view a house, uh, I remember one of the estate agent, basically, it was a rainy day, you know, a rainy day. And we just like, looked at the property and I came out. And I had my house keys and I just had a habit of keeping keys in my hand, you know, just like uh, when I'm thinking about something as well. So I just pulled out my key and he goes, uh, where's your car? And I said, I don't have a car. I came in a bus. And I, he looked at the in the stage and looked at in the eyes of like, uh, you know, the property owner. And I could just see what they mean. Like this guy was a time waster. Fortunately, I bought the same house, though. Yeah. So. So, but but you can see in the eyes because they thought, you know, this guy hasn't even got, because usually you will see that when someone starts doing a little bit well, I mean, again, sometimes you don't need a car. So that's a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. But usually you'll see when someone starts earning a little bit and, you know, it's a little bit better off money wise. The first thing they would obviously buy is a car. Mm-hmm. But I had set my priority because, you know, the days that I had seen, especially I told you, you know, my lunch was like digestive biscuits. I set my priority that car is not my priority. The reason being because I'm working for home anyways. So, you know, I don't really need a car as of, that, you know, as much as I need my house. And if you're non-Asian people, you know, house is the one of the main, main assets for them. That's how you know, we, are, we are kind of grown up in back home as well. Mm-hmm. So, again, now this is off track, but it brings back to, you know, to the same thing about the PPC concept. I mean, the limited amount of budget anyone has, I would say don't waste your time. I mean, I have a £5,000 website which hardly makes any sales uh, because, Amazon PPC is something where it's just like what other people have, you know, uh, said on your podcast or other forums and podcasts, Facebook groups that that's where people are buying right now. So people are, there are some newbies who don't even understand basically how much it costs them in at their bottom line. So they are bidding really high and they're spoiling it for other people as well. So those things are different. But I would say, yes, Amazon PPC is the first thing that you should always think of. Again, I have my own concepts in there, which I teach uh, because like other people say, you know, go on to the um, auto campaigns, then go on the manual campaigns. My way is the completely opposite way. I basically teach my students to go the manual way and then go the auto way. So there are a lot of concepts, but either way, Amazon PPC is the first thing that you should be targeting off. Uh, Facebook PPC and everything is good. Initially, it was good because I used to 
basically, you know, put links for my products on my existing page for, you know, people who have signed up for my existing customers. But personally, I've seen that sometimes it just affects your conversion rate and your products are nowadays going down. I didn't see this trend before because everyone who clicks on Facebook is not a buyer. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone who clicks on Amazon is hopefully a potential buyer. At least they're looking for the product. Uh, so I would personally say whatever limited amount of money you have, you know, spend on Amazon PPC as much as possible. The other things are you can use them, but those are the things that you can, you know, the 80-20 rule, basically, they are the 20. Uh, I wouldn't waste my time and resource on anything else apart from this now. And do you, you, um, you, you have a very detailed private label course on abcdit.com. Anybody can do it.com um, forward slash private label course. I'll link to it in the show notes. If anybody wanted to get into the nitty gritty of um, bidding and um, managing ad, um, Amazon ads. Okay. So with regards to what about reviews? Um, what what do you what's what's your take on reviews? Um, I know you mentioned something like earlier, um, earlier where you talked about um, the fact that one of your um, your product one had thousands, well, one thousand over a thousand, you know, um, reviews, and that was an attraction as compared to even other big brands um, that that you know um, had a similar product. So, what what's your advice on um, reviews? Do do we aggressively um, get reviews or um should it be organic um actually i'm i'm completely against you know these giveaway reviews and stuff like that and again i know people are not going to love and you know even being a coach like and because i'm coaching now people mm-hmm. it's it's an easier way for a coach to basically get their students being more successful because if i tell you that you know give out 100 200 units get those reviews in obviously you're going to see a sudden spike in sales because of you know what what we have heard in lots of other resources uh and then if if you go that route obviously you're going to be more happy look like you know Saj taught me that and now I'm making so much sales but i personally don't like that route uh first of all i mean conscious wise as well because there might be other businesses who have organically grown their uh, you know, businesses with that, uh, with the, you know, by selling so much and going at that stage, you're just completely disrupting with fake reviews. Because, you know, even though we say uh, just to make these sites and, you know, these forums legit that, you know, we are looking out for your honest opinion, you know, 99%, none of these uh, one pound reviewers are going to leave you a, a even forget about four star, but they're not even going to leave you a one star or two star review because they are part of that group and you know usually they get free items no one's going to say uh, no to that just for any reason even if it doesn't you know if their name doesn't show up but no one gives uh, one star or two star reviews that i'm not completely against them people can follow that strategy because this is something for uk platforms it hardly happens it's only happening now once the all this information came out from the us uh, you know groups and stuff like that because it never existed i mean we only relied on people searching for a product and then we asking for reviews the problem I see this for some of the newbies as well, and I've seen this is, I'll give you one example. Mm-hmm. Say you have a budget of getting, you know, 500 units. That's how much money you have. Because remember, some some people who join these big courses, especially that's how, where, you know, all these giveaway strategies started, basically went into this business, you know, with 5,000 or whatever money they paid for their course. If they had that much money to put in their course, that means they already had a successful business or they were like, you know, six, seven figure like employees who had a lot of money to burn. So they could sell those kind of items 
which they could lose five ten thousand initially and then even if nothing happened they would just say you know that was a great attempt but nothing happened that's fine but someone i always put myself in shoes of someone who's starting just like me i mean people say they start from zero i started with minus because when i came here i borrowed money even to study and i was told back home that you could work and then you know just take care of your studying expenses and you can earn a little bit what you were doing here as well when i came here it was a completely different situation i couldn't even like uh, work 20 more than 20 hours we didn't even cover up my expenses here so i always put everyone in my shoes and saying you know if they didn't have money now this is what happens now this won't happen for everyone that's why people still prefer this you know giveaway strategies and stuff like that now say for an example you buy 500 units that's how much money you have you gave away 200 units or 100 units you know to spike the sales suddenly say you start getting 20 30 sales now, what's going to happen is in two or you know in a week's time, you're going to think, wow, I'm making two, 20, 30 sales. In 10 days, I'm going to be out of stock. So what you're going to do, even if you have money, you're going to order another 500 or 1,000. Mm-hmm. Say for some, some you know, bad reason, say if it was a bad product, initial reviewers are never going to say anything to you because they got it free, they kept it, they probably didn't even try before leaving a review. Now, the genuine customers who started paying full price and buying your item, they could return your item within like 15, 20 days as well, right? And by that time, you know, the ship would have already sailed because you already placed a couple of other orders just to keep everything in demand. And sometimes you would be just out of the game even before you kind of you know progress because your products are bad. If you don't refund, obviously, they're going to either refund to FBA, they're going to leave you bad reviews. Now, these kind of things could happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen for everyone. But the other thing I said was just, you know, your conscious as well, because then you start doing fake reviews, then your employer, you know, that your competitor sees suddenly they're making 100 sales and now they're down to 10 reviews. They want to either start price war or they're going to start similar stuff. Best thing I would suggest is, you know, give out to the top thousand reviewers. That's what I've always said initially as well. Uh, you know, these like top thousand reviews that Amazon authorizes them, you know, them to leave their product, uh, contact details. Give out 5, 10, 15 units, you know, get their reviews in and then start your PPC and slow, you know, grow slowly. Uh, I know it's quite exciting to, you know, start making 50 sales a day. But then if you have waited for so many years to start your business, why not just wait for another month or two and grow organically initially? Then if you wanted to do, you know, give these reviews and everything, that's completely up to you. But that that's my personal take. I mean, you know, just give out 5 or 10 to these top thousand reviewers. First of all, because they're going to most probably, I'm not saying 100%, they're going to give you an honest opinion, but chances are they are if you choose the right ones because they share their interests on their product, uh, you know, profile page. And they'll write things what a normal free one pound reviewer is not going to write, first of all, because they, they will inspect the products if, if you choose the correct uh, top thousand reviews because they tell you, you know, in their profile what exactly they love to review. They'll write product details what other would, would, others wouldn't notice basically what they have to write. So, and the, the other thing is you get an honest feedback as well. Sometimes, I'm not saying that happens a hundred times, but chances are that these reviewers are going to give you a bit more honest opinion than others. So if something is wrong, you would not affront before you place your second order. 
that's that's a really good question. Um, really good answer, and I I like the fact that um, the routes you, you you suggested, you know, listeners should use, are all within Amazon's recommended guidelines. So the top one thousand reviewers are recommended by Amazon, and PPC is you know Amazon wants you to to use the PPC um, platform. So so really really good stuff there. I've taken notes. <laughs> right. Okay. What about tools? Um. Do you, do you have? I know you said you're an old school kind of guy, but um, do you, do you, do you have any tools you'd you you would you know put your hand up and recommend? Right. So if, I mean, as I said, you know, initially I was old school, and I personally, as I said, you know, the mind would always ask you to stay in your comfort zone. So I, I still try to battle that, and I want to learn like new tools because that's what I learned. You know, I mean, even learning how to blog or create a podcast. You know, I mean, I sat down whole night listening to Patreon videos. <laughs> that's how I, you know, did my podcast as well. So I'm still trying to learn and you know use any tools that's available. The problem was, I mean, if you have been UK seller, you know that there was there was nothing that existed for UK. I mean, till date, there's nothing like Taxjar. There's nothing like Inventory Labs or you know like Inventory management there are certain softwares but there's nothing like you can download your accounting softwares which you can do uh, pretty much you know automated in u.s market i mean think about things like uh, email software there was not a single email sequence softwares i mean i used to do 200 sales a day every evening between five and seven i used to manually send out 200 emails for mm -hmm. review and that's up to almost end of 2014 and even 2015 it's only recently uh, I think when Feedback Genius, Feedbacks, and a lot of these, if you see last six to eight months, that's when all these softwares have, you know, uh, come into the market. And especially they realize that they have a potential for UK market. And I guess the only reason they started doing UK as well, because a lot of US sellers are, have now gone international and they're selling in European markets. So they're actually following US sellers rather than actually looking for markets aggressively. Yeah. So, I mean, there was nothing. I mean, uh, for years, I mean, I, I kept on looking at, you know, the Amazon forums, the, 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 the Amazon actual forum that they have, uh, people would ask about third-party softwares, but there was nothing. I mean, even Feedback Genius, I mean, kept on saying for months that, you know, like that they're going to release a UK version. And finally, they only released it. It's only been like last six to eight months when I've seen these movements. I mean, even Jungle Scout, if you see, that is a very good tool. Uh, initially came for only US. Surprisingly, he, uh, you know, Greg did a UK version. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't have been surprised if there was no UK version at and and are you finding you know, tools like you know Jungle Scout pretty accurate um, from a UK standpoint on um, on product research? Yes, personally I do. Yes, and that's the only reason you know I became uh, an affiliate for that as well. And I thought pretty much because I tracked my own item and it was quite close. In fact, I'm just tracking one of my students' item and it's pretty much close as well. Initially, I tried the ASIN inspector as well, which people say it's improved a lot. Unfortunately, I haven't tried. As I said, the problem is jungles card and all these softwares you use when you're trying to find the items to sell i already have 10 items in my mind which i don't have time yet to release it so it doesn't really help me but i've used jungles card now a little bit sometimes in between just to even check the retail out items you know like what, what kind of mm -hmm. volume there are um so it's pretty much i think it's one of the best tool i found and then you have lots of these email tools which do the similar thing uh i'm, I'm using uh feedback genius but it's still not the one that i want the problem with feedback is, is because it, the emails go out any random time. So it goes out, say, if you set it up as, say, three days after the or, you know, order has been shipped, Amazon updates orders even like midnight. So if Amazon updated the order that, you know, the order is, has been dispatched at 2 a.m., the email sequence are going to go out at 2 a.m. 
which is not good because when customer wakes up, uh, you know, they, they'll just look at it and they'll forget about it because no one wants to sit down on your phone or computer and write a review for you early morning, first thing before they're going to work. Mm. So, so that's the bad thing. There's another software which um, I couldn't unfortunately try in Quarterflow, but they, they say that they have uh, the options where, you know, certain times the email can go out. It's called, it's from Excel Core, it's called Hi-Fi. But the interface was a little bit hard to use. So I didn't have that much time to set it up, whereas Feedback Genius obviously is tried and tested. So they made it a bit more user-friendly to use. So that's what I've set it up right now. But not completely happy. But then, you know, it's, it's completely, uh, I think the sales backer, there's a lot of other softwares. I guess people should just, you know, sellers should just try what they are comfortable with and then use the one. So I, w- I would definitely say, yeah, have something like a Jungle Scout. So it helps you, even if you have certain products in mind, you know, it just gives you a quick, glance of what's happening in i find it a pretty much accurate it's never going to be 100 percent. i mean greg and you know all the acn inspectors and all the other people i, I mean whoever owns similar software they've said it's never going to be 100 percent. but i personally found jungle scout quite accurate which was surprising i mean i didn't expect it to be that accurate wow okay okay so we're going to take a word on that so the second the second um email was high five he said yeah there's high five then there's feedbacks from james uh, I guess the, um, a lot of other podcast listeners are using SalesBacker as well. I mean, email softwares are pretty much, you know, common. I mean, it's just like an inventory management software. So I guess it's just the ease of the interface, whatever. Like when I use Android phones, I can't get used to it. Again, that's mindset, isn't it? Because you don't want, because I'm an iOS user, like Apple user. I don't, just when you look at it, even though it does the same thing, but you just don't want to get out of your comfort zone yeah. even for a day and look at that phone and, you know, start using Android. So it's pretty much like that. Look at the okay. software, find the interface, which is much more, you know, user-friendly for your use and that's it. Go for it. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, what about any inventory management or analytics and report tools? Do, do, do you use anything or... No, I mean, I, I used to have an inventory management software, uh, Linworks. That's one of the best one if you're especially dispatching items yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, the pretty much what happens with the PL item, it's like I've got replenishment alerts in Amazon. And I mean, I, I keep a track myself because I don't have employees anyways. So I, I know that, you know, when I need my items. But Linworks is one of the leading one in the UK that I can think of. Okay. Um, especially if you're dispatching items yourself. But again, at this point... The recommendation is to use FBA because otherwise, if you're dispatching yourself, the chances are your sales are going to be half anyways. <laughs> true, true, true. What about repricing and um, price tracking? Do, do you use anything for, for that? Anything I, I because once I put a price, I mean, I know I want to sell that. If not, again, I'm still, you know, the manual guy. I'm hoping I can put more time in learning anything extra that I can. Uh, unfortunately, repricing, uh, there was a, a big incident that happened, I think, last Christmas. Uh. The repricing software repriced a lot of expensive items to a pound and then obviously they, i mean you know the merchants lost money so i still try I'm, I'm a bit more cautious with anything connecting to amazon in fact for months you know i didn't even connect these um, uh, email softwares because you know they connect through your and after this uh repricing incident amazon put an alert saying that you know even when you're connecting these uh, email softwares basically you're giving a complete access to someone else now, I know all these big companies are not going to uh, do anything bad to your account, but that just, you know, bring back like old memory, like what happened with the eBay, um, you know, like you get blocked for like silly reasons. So I didn't want to use it, but obviously after a time that, you you know, there's no way I'm going to manually email two, three hundred people a day for years. So 
I'm a bit cautious about repricing, but you know, this the Excel core company that I'm saying, the reason why I wanted to actually try their HiFi software because they are a complete solution. So they have five different products. So they have repricing, they have email software, and they have lots of other attributes to it. It's called Excel Core. Excel. That's the company. Okay. I'll leave you a link so you can put in the show notes. Uh, but they have everything what uh, what a seller needs, and they have for all the platforms. So you can pretty much maintain everything like for all the marketplaces from one account. Okay, we'll, we'll definitely check that out, Excel Core out. Okay, all this is really really good stuff. So it's really really good stuff. Okay, um, let's talk about your academy and your podcast. Um, so 2016, um, people who are listening up till now. Um, if they listen up till now, they, they're, they're loving what they're hearing because we're, we're, th- this is going to be split into two, two episodes, um, for sure. Um, so they will most likely, very most likely be interested in learning more about you and your, your, your podcast, your, your, your following your, your, your courses and, and your academy. Could you shed some more light on, um, on the, on, on, on the anybody can do it, um, 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 website and, and the courses you offer and the coaching services you offer, please. Um, right. So, uh, as I said, you know, initially I started it just because of the people who actually approached me uh, to start the course. Um, so it's pretty much basic level. It teaches you everything from research and, you know, up to the post kind of launch stage. Uh, initially, what I did was like for the first batch, I had, I think, about eight students. What I did was even though there's like all, all, all these six stages, I've divided this into six stages. So then each stage or module has like 10, 15 lessons, depending on the module. So research and then pre, uh, you know, pre uh, kind of sampling stage, then sampling, ordering, uh, all those kind of stages. They have like lessons, video lessons inside. So it's like a learning portal, uh, kind of a website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go in and you can be, and then you have a Facebook group where obviously students can talk to each other and then, you know, whatever questions they have. Usually in the other courses, what happens is like you can follow the course and everything, but then obviously the person who's teaching you doesn't have much time to interact with you. And I'm a bit different. I mean, I th- I mean, I wanted to basically help out one-to-one, you know, whoever needed my help. So they can actually contact me anytime they want. Uh, the course will obviously keep updating itself. Unfortunately, I haven't got much time after I created the first course, but hopefully next month I'm going to put in some my new insights. So the videos would keep updating uh, as and when you want. So once, you know, someone starts selling, what to do next, you know, how they progress from, just a startup to the next level, whatever I have learned, I'll try to bring in my flavor and, you know, teach them basically what I did. And then it's up to the entrepreneur, you know, a seller to kind of bring in their own flavor or twist. Otherwise, they're not going to be successful. If they just copy everything what I do, they're never going to be successful because all products are different. To give you an example, like say a car dealer, you know, a car manufacturing company mm-hmm. is never going to give out a new car completely free of cost to new, uh, you know, buyers. But say, you know, when I ordered something from Okada, like, uh, you know, grocery, they sent me a, a, a 200 gram pack of a, a, a light butter because it was a new brand and they can afford to give you out. So the marketing strategies are completely different for every product. Uh, so they, they need to learn, obviously, and evolve themselves. But the, the learning portal kind of provides everything they need to get started off. Uh, and I guess there's a lot to be very, I'll be very honest, there's lots of information out there anyways for free, of course. When you're joining any course or coaching service, whether it's mine or anyone else, you're really actually paying to basically connect to the person who basically starts because it's it's like the conversation you can have with them. Like, you know, my student, I said the other day, I 
we spoke from like about 12, 11 at night till, until almost three. And then she said that, you know, she's now like feeling charged up. She doesn't even want to go to sleep. She is going to research now because she was going to leave. Uh, she hasn't ordered her samples. And she said, because, you know, obviously it's going to be Chinese New Year holiday. So from next week, everyone's going to be a holiday. And so I'll start ordering the samples later on. I said, no, you shouldn't do that. You got seven days. Why not order the samples now so they can send you the samples and you have enough time when they are on their Chinese holidays. When they come back, you'll be ready with your feedback, whether you're. So and then she said, you know, yes, um, you know, I'm just going to start contacting right now and I'm going to probably stay up all night and uh, deal with it. So that, that's what you're paying for, to be honest, to learn from the experience and be. So it's more sort of rather than a course, it's more sort of a mastermind where I'm learning a lot of stuff as well, because I said as a human being. The worst thing that happens is everyone wants to stay in their comfort zone. Like personally, you wouldn't believe even when I came across these Facebook groups and podcasts, which is when I decided to start my own podcast. This was only about six to eight months ago. I, I can't even remember the date. But till that date, I didn't even have my picture on my Facebook because I don't use Facebook and Twitter at all. Yeah, I'm, I was caught in that middle age, you know, where where the grown-ups think it's a waste of time. The young, <laughs> the young, as if I'm still young, but like the proper youth, you know, like the college youth yeah. thinks, oh, this is like the most happening thing. And you don't want to like learn. Or, I mean, you think, where am I going to forward every day? I mean, this person forwarded me joke, then I forwarded, then someone else forwarded. So I was never using it. But then starting this academy and then, you know, getting involved with a lot of like, like-minded people, encouraged me more to go out and learn more because I had to go out and see how to, you know, uh, create the podcast, how to create the blog, even though it's one of the worst. <laughs> uh, but it, it, so, so it helps, you know, this helps. So even being with newbie students, it helps me because they would be thinking something else completely than what I'm thinking. And I'm going to learn from them as well. You, you might find it hard to believe, but I actually picked up a couple of uh, retail app, you know, strategies from uh, one of my students because he does a lot of retail app mm. and, while just talking, you know, like casually every day, we talk with each other about some products as well, you know, in open. Uh, and I, I picked up a couple of, uh, you know, new strategies where I could kind of, I, I, there's a new strategy that I'm trying to actually apply now. And this kind of sparked based on that. I'm trying to see if I can combine retail up with private label in a way. Oh, okay. So but it's, it's a long strategy. It's hard to kind of, you know, bring out. But if it works, it works, you know, but, it, but at least it sparked a new idea. Because I had a new, uh, there's very interesting, like one of the new students who came in, he was a ex-Amazon seller for a long time. I mean, he was trading around the same time, 2011. And then he got booted off because of a small error he made. Uh, he shouldn't have made, I told him, a friend, that he should have done that. But he did something and Amazon booted him off. He's now back on. He asked Amazon permission and they have let him, you know, be on Amazon now. And suddenly, just a couple of weeks ago, he said that there were a couple of students who were who have already launched their products successfully. Like one of my students, he's now doing 15 sales, no giveaways, nothing. I think he did only three or four, his top reviewer, you know, uh, like kind of free samples. And he's now consistently via PPC doing 15 sales a day on an average. The issue is his products are, you know, like a little bit bigger size and he has to see ship it. And now he, it's, the situation is that, that he's probably going to run out of stock. That's how, uh, you know, good he's progressing. So he never thought you were going to do more than five sales to start off with, but he's doing about 15 to 20 sales and he has to turn PPC off so that he doesn't make sales now. That's how. Not bad. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I kind of like, I kind of like the, the advantages they get. First, it's a mastermind with like-minded individuals. So do you guys meet on a regular basis um, to, to kind of brainstorm and share your ideas and sort of, you know, soundboard 
your challenges and your successes with each other in, in the academy? Right. There's two things. And I mean, I, I don't lie this to anyone. First of all, um, because it's a limited amount of people, it's not like a buzzing kind of, you know, Facebook group and, uh, and a group because some of them have just recently launched their product. So most of them launched in December. Some of them are waiting. So the new student who came in, he gave, you know, just an idea that if people have this mindset where they're stuck with the products they want to release, what they're now doing is they're trying something completely new. So they're doing a group sourcing now for one product just to learn. So what's going to happen is these eight people, even the ones who have, you know, already launched their product, they're taking part as well if they wanted to. So some are taking, some are not based on the time and frame they have. So everyone's going to put in like, say, 250 pounds. And they all, what they did is, well, they, for a week, they went and researched like few items they thought could be a good potential PL product. Mm -hmm. Then they came on a webinar where I was just a spectator. So they were talking, I was just listening. I wasn't even on the video. I was just on audio. And they started discussing one product and one person was going through ASIN Inspector and Jungle Scout, seeing the demand and everything. And they started scrapping out some of the products. And now they have come down to two or three or four products, which from, from which they are going to select one. And then they're going to group source that one product. Now, you, you might think that, you know, there's not much potential in that. It just It's just basically sometimes, you you know, as I said, you can't take that first step. So this would give them confidence if they can release this. Now, we don't even still have decided who's going to list it and stuff like that. But they list them. They try to promote it based on what they've learned in the course. And once it's promoted, they'll share the earnings, what they get out of that. But they're going to use mainly that share, you know, earnings to, again, probably launch another product if they want. And the main thing is not the money that they're going to make out of that product. But if eight people have, you know, gone through a course and then they're now, you know, kind of going after one product, they'll probably make sure that it becomes a success. Because if there are any shortcomings in the product, at least one of them would kind of spot it. At least, you know, the eight people can't go wrong at the same time. And even if they don't make any money, his main thing is now they will realize that how simple was that. And then they can now put that confidence, you know, back and momentum back in their own product research as well. Yeah, that, that is a fantastic strategy, you know, just all coming together, collaborating, cooperating and, you know, to, to one goal. And, you know, a lot of people would have, it's like a team, they're, they're working as a team and they're, sh- they're sharing um, their successes and risks together. So so it's 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 really, really interesting. So um, when do you open the doors again um, for the academy or the course? Right. Actually, it's currently open because some people wanted to join in. So, you know, as I was saying, initially, basically what I did was even though the lessons were there, video recorded, uh, the first batch, basically, I teach them on live webinar. So I did six hangouts. Each hangout was about three to four hours. And each hangout, I took over the entire kind of module. So all six modules were taught. So you have the individual lessons, but you have one big chunk of each module as well. So they, they can, you know, get doubled. You know, when you listen a couple of times, you pick up some things which you have missed out. Uh, so that's that's already there. And then every two weeks we do like a Q&A webinar hangout. So we talk mm-hmm. for two, three hours if anyone has any questions. If I want to share anything, then I share. And it's going to keep evolving. As I said, the main reason I started this was just so that we could form uh, more sort of a group where people can and, and I, I wouldn't be say it's biased but I wanted something to do especially for UK groups as well because for US students or listeners there's quite a few resources out there so they can choose which one they want to follow whereas with UK there's nothing coming from UK experience so I thought this would give a chance you know for anyone in fact because US uh, sellers are now listing on UK as well and that's their second best potential kind of marketplace anyways after US so mm-hmm. I thought it would be a good 
if I put together a good mix of US and UK students, they can help each other basically, you know, launch. So say for an example, I have certain US students, obviously they're still a startup, but say six months later, one of my UK students wants to launch in US. They can just ask the US person to speak to their accountant and see what they need to register with. It just makes it easier because you you have a trust factor between and helping each other. Same with the US students can get help from us, you know, if they want to uh, basically register for VAT and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying those information are not available. But it just makes it easier when you have someone in your trusted group. And the plan later on, I mean, I don't know how it spans out, is basically I want to have something like like a co-op service. So I want to have like, say, a designer who basically, you know, if anyone needs basically to get their packaging done, we have like a one designer who does take care of everyone's packaging and stuff like that. So basically the way it helps is you find one good one who obviously gives you better results so you get better prizes. Plus, you get all, you know, benefit of basically buying everything uh, or, you know, sourcing anything uh, as a group. Same goes with, you know, with the sea freight and stuff like that as well. So that's what my 2016 plan is that I want to make resources available like accountant, you know, package designer uh, and stuff like that. Logo designer, whatever you name it, whatever a private label seller needs. I want to make those resources available to the entire group so that they can get a benefit out of it. I mean, there's, there'll be so much value, you know, that value add and um, the cooperation. Yes, is it's it's really key. I mean, I will do business with um, with anybody, my friend, or you know, a trusted you know colleague recommends. So, so yes, I I would I would love to to see that. Okay, Saj, um, we have come to the very end of the show, and I typically end the, the show with um, a lightning round, or my what I call the evergreen questions I ask every other person. On the right. show. So are you ready? So the format is I ask you a question, and if you, you could answer with um, a, a sentence or two. Right. Max, okay. All right, what are your future plans? Oh, keep enjoying uh, releasing more private label products and hopefully make some money out of it as well. Brilliant. Um, this probably doesn't apply to you, but how do you hire people? Uh, I haven't yet, but a couple of my students are actually using VAs, so I'm hoping to have uh, some kind of VAs or people who can help me, at least with the retail app. Uh, and probably, you know, the, the earlier, I guess, listening to other successful sellers on uh, one on your podcast as well and, you know, some of the other resources, the, you know, the earlier you learn to kind of get other people on board to help you with the business, obviously, you know, you, your business can grow. So I'm hoping that I can learn that skill now. Brilliant. What are your three indispensable tools for managing your business? Um, I would, uh, against tools-wise, I would say the email software, uh, which I mentioned earlier, Jungle Scout, uh, and pretty much stay in loop with what's happening with the, with the industry that you are. So any resources you can pick up, basically, you know, as I said, whatever niche you're interested in, that would help you to manage your Amazon business quite okay. well. Okay. What has been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's given you the biggest feedback. Um, I guess the biggest mistake I did was I get excited too early. That's what I tell my students as well. When I, it's just, it's just, I think I get too passionate. I mean, you know, I mean, even now, as I said, you know, I'm sitting in my work office, like at the back of the house, uh, even though I have an option that this can be a lifestyle business. Uh, but the mistake that I made was is because if you have heard, uh, if you hear my podcast episodes, you'll hear, uh, I use more sort of a strategy where I release a lot of variations of the products. So sometimes I get too excited too early 
Uh, and I guess that's my biggest feedback at the moment, which I'm not going to repeat. So I want to grow slowly and organically as much as possible uh, and make sure that customers remember the brand rather than, you know, the product that they bought. Good stuff. Okay. What one piece of advice can you give Amazon e-tailers kin to growing their businesses by or their sales by, by 2x or 3x? Um. I guess I would say stay focused, start studying about the niches and the trend. Like I was speaking to, you know, the, the, the student that I had and she said that every time she looks at the retail app items, like I'll give you an example of retail app basically. And she said that she finds that either Amazon is selling or someone else is selling. And then I just gave her a piece of advice. Did you check how many they have in stock with the 999 method and stuff like that? What's so, a 999 method? Sorry. Oh, 999 method is basically when you say for example you went and you found that someone else was selling that uh, the vacuum cleaner that you saw yep. you add to basket and then when you before checking out you edit the basket and you do 999 to see how many they have in stock okay that makes sense because so, amazon would update the basket basically saying that they have only 20 30 so things like that you need to start learning and knowing your competitors now as i said you know i i do retail i in certain sectors now i do toys as well but you know certain other uh like products as well i know most of the time what my core competitors are and what their capacity is so i'll keep a trend even if there's a stock that i'm not buying at the moment which was on offer due to any xyz reason but i see that if they bought that item how many did they buy this time now it's not going to be exact that they're going to buy the next item exactly the same quantity but it gives me a little bit of idea what's the capacity of my competitor on those retail items so those small things can help you because say for example whether you should buy 10 or 50 is based on, you know, how your competitor is going to price and whether they can sit on that without, you know, making losses and kind of reducing prices because they've got their own money and maybe you're buying them on your credit card, which you need to clear at the end of the month. Otherwise, you know, you, your interest would kind of take away the profits that you were going to make on that. So those mm -hmm. kind of things, I know it's not a one sentence answer, but you, you need to start studying your competitive environment, whether it's a PL or a retail item, and then start evolving and testing, you know, whether your decision that you made, you know, to buy 50 or 10 was right or wrong and learn those for. So whatever you've learned, say, for this Christmas period, apply them for the next year. Maybe it's a different product that you're buying, but you will see that, you know, the trend that you followed and you learned will help you to scale up quite quickly. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, would you still say December, you know, this January sales are quite a good time for retail? Oh, well. January's over, but um, would you say that you know January sales are a good time for retail arbitrage for 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 RA people to to get into RA? Yes, it's quite high. I mean, personally, for some of the products that I stored, unfortunately, a lot of part time sellers were there, so it's it's still not been that bad. I think my total sales, uh, I think on just on the UK platform, has been about 130k, including PL. So it's still not that bad. Uh, it, I personally think. It, given the way you know the amazon platform is progressing i think no month is bad it just depends on like say for an example you know that the toys you know are selling a lot in the christmas period right yeah. now yeah. if you are a business person and just you just think because you sold you know a lot of toys in december i'm still gonna do a lot of array of toys only in january then then you're not basically learning the business trends because you need to know the next few months what people are going to buy so the Valentine gifts, you know, in February, now uh, when the summer starts, they're going to buy a certain type of products. They might not spend the same amount on the toys, but they might spend similar amount on other products. So you need to start understanding the entire 
kind of the business environment, what people buy when they buy. Because what they buy in January, they don't buy in December. What they buy in you know Jan- uh, December, they don't buy in June because you know sun is out there and they probably buy completely different products. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, right. Um, if you could choose a single book or resource that has made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth in general, which would it be? Right, again, uh, that's going to be a really bad answer for your listeners <laughs> because I'm not really someone who read a lot of books, although I now start reading a lot of books and resources. I still prefer to listen to like podcasts and stuff, so I'm sure most of the listeners know the famous ones for Amazon. But I would say don't just basically stop yourself to Amazon because then again, that's just speaking about the actual you know Amazon marketplace. You need to start listening to a lot of other stuff. I mean, I listen to Pat Flynn. Uh, I tried to listen to some of John D. Dumas. But there's one book which was the one of the smallest book actually or the worst book someone can uh, kind of recommend as a reader was Who Moved My Cheese? That was a book which is probably only about 30, 40 odd pages. I had an ebook or something like that with that. But that said the same thing that everyone resists change, which is when you start losing the momentum. I, I would definitely recommend it's a small book, probably gives you one small advice that, you know, you shouldn't resist change. But that kind of completely changes your outlook. Uh, in business and in your personal life as well. That was my first business book. It was given to me by by a very good friend, I, I remember, um, years ago, well over 15 years ago. So that, unfortunately, that's only I can remember I've read. Apart from that, I mean, recently I did uh, read the, you know, the Amazon's, uh, Jeff Bezos's, the Everything Store ebook. So things, I guess you should start reading anything. If you are, you know, interested in uh, kind of business and entrepreneurship, you start reading a little bit of that. But unfortunately, at this stage, that's the only two I can recommend. Of. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure having you on the show, Saj. Thank you for sharing your your insights, your deep insights in, in Amazon um, selling in the UK. And, you know, the, the insides and outsides, the insides of your business, you know, with, with, with our listeners, I, a lot of people listening up till now will be very much appreciative of you coming on, on the show and sharing so, so, so much. And, and just the, the energy you bring into the show. Thank you, Sad. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. For, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a podcast, but yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, if they have any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer. Okay, yeah. what's what is the best way um, our, our listeners can can actually get in touch? Where do you hang out? What's the easiest way to to get in touch um, um, with you from your that you know from from your perspective, obviously. I mean, if they add, uh, you know, if they sign up for the Facebook group, and from there, if they, even if they want to leave me, I mean, I get more PMs every day than the actual post on my actual Facebook group, <laughs> which is surprising because it's just like everyone wants to keep secret because sometimes they think, you know, everyone's like a little bit embarrassed to ask questions. And I, I have to keep telling even my students, you know, like don't PM me, actually ask me in the Facebook group unless it's something related to your uh, product because then other people can benefit from the same question. But I understand sometimes, you know, when uh, obviously anyone wants to uh, connect, they, they prefer. So they can add me on the Facebook or they can join the Facebook group for their podcast as well. Uh, either way, I'm, I'm more than happy. I mean, you, you'll find me answering sometimes 5 a.m. in the morning as well. So surprise <laughs> yeah i remember the first time i reached out to you um i think i sent you a message um late evening and you responded in the mo- um, like early morning hours like one or two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean i used to kind of do podcast episodes at late night as well unfortunately i, I just lost the way and and you you know you, you being a podcaster you know even if you have done 10 episodes 
it's just like every time you do is is it's it's like a new thing and you need to have that warm up around before you could start talking somehow yes yes, <laughs> yes surprisingly yeah. english is not my, actually my first language so or so, you know so it, it's a slightly bit difficult to get started but hopefully you know i should be coming out with uh, some sort uh, of at the end of the day it's what it's the content you know that that really matters you know what you're delivering and the message is is solid so so keep on doing what you're doing watch more encouragement i enjoyed every show every episode of your your podcast i'm going to link up to it um from from the show notes and you know guys i'm um, join the facebook group i'm going to also sh- link up to 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 the anybody can do it facebook group from from the show notes also i'm going to split this into two in half um because um it's 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 well over 2 hours now okay so so for those of you listening thank you for sticking to the very end of today's show and hope you found saj's you know insights his tips his strategy on selling on amazon uk helpful inspiring and actionable the key thing guys is to take action you know so just listen in just listening is not going to cut it but but actually taking action from 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 what he said even if it's just one thing you know taking that action is what's most important to download the show notes i'm going to make sure that the show notes are available when you listen to this episode we're 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 working out all our timelines now and um yeah we're well ahead now of time which is really really good so you you will read the transcript you know um you know when 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 you listen to this just head over to 2xecommerce.com and um yes and and um yeah for 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 updates for tips and growing your store be sure to sign up to our email alerts and on 2xecommerce.com and until the next show do have a good one everybody cheers thanks for listening to this episode of 2x ecommerce to help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2x your online retail business hop over to 2xecommerce.com it's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host Lay campbell 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store increase repeat purchases and average order value Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com.